before, just raise your hand. You, a few of you, okay, good job, good job. Some of you, that meant you ate a, an extra large pizza the night before. Maybe you've never done that before. Some of you, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, we're two weeks in, uh, and, you know, we do an annual time of fasting, and the Lord always brings about breakthrough. And so I, I really want to encourage you, if the Lord's done something unique, maybe, maybe he's shown you something in your personal life you hadn't seen in that way before. Maybe you saw a, a breakthrough a number of years ago. Uh, you know, we, we saw uh, huge amounts of debt paid off during that time of fasting that God just came through. It, there is a little booth set up at the back. Please look back there, right over there. Okay, see that camera? It's not looking at you right now, but that's where it is. And, uh, and so if you have a, a testimony that you'd like to share, 30, uh, you know, 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever the case may be, please stop by there uh, at the conclusion of the service, and we're recording those uh, because your testimony is not just for you right? Uh, your testimony is for others. And so let's get some mileage out of those miracles, right? Um, wanted to let you know also that our finance team uh, came to the determination that if you are uh, directly affected by the government shutdown and you need help with your bills, um, let, the, let the office know. Let me know. Contact me. Let me know. Uh, and, and we will help you uh, in this season, okay? We don't want anybody losing their house. We don't want anybody going without food. We don't want anybody's power to get shut off. Let us know, and we're going to help you. And uh, so, you know, until, uh, until our government gets it figured out what they're going to do, until uncle figures out what to do, father knows what to do, and he's positioned us to help you. So please let us know. I think I have contacted uh, everyone that, that is directly affected that, that we know of, but if not, uh, please reach out to me, and, uh, and we'll, we'll work on that with you, okay? This is not something that you've got to bear alone. Um, so praise God. Um, on the uh, February the 10th, we're having Vision Sunday. We're combining our 8 o'clock and our 10 o'clock service so that you can hear some things about where we're headed as a church. Uh, we have some uh, a bylaw change that's been, uh, we've been instructed by our legal counsel to make a couple of changes. Uh, you'll see all of that laid out in front of you. Um, it's really just some clarifications of our, our bylaws that were voted in about three or four years ago. Um, but we need you there at that meeting, and so we're going to take the time in the service service at the 10 o'clock service to walk through that with you, but you're going to be excited. We're going to, we're going to burn a second mortgage. How cool is that? Um, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to get together. We're going to do some things that, that just point us in the direction of where, uh, you know, the Lord wants us to go. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to invite the ushers to come and Sam, if I can have the confessions up for the offerings today, um, we're going to go ahead and perfect timing. We're going to go ahead and, uh, and speak, uh, over our offering today as we give it to the Lord and prepare our hearts, and I, I hope uh, you'll speak these out loud. You know, when we, when we come together, uh, let's say this out loud with me. Will you do that? As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, I can't hear you, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessings and increase. Amen. Amen. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, God said, uh, I think it was to Jeremiah, he said, I'm watching over my word to perform it. God had already spoken his word, and then he watched over it. Jesus tells us in the New Testament to watch and pray. Yeah. 
watch and pray. You know, when we pray and we speak the word with intention, we speak what we want the Lord to do, then it's time to watch and see what God does. You know, you might be tempted when you got a raise to think that was just a happenstance. Oh, it's just a circumstance, a coincidence. But if you prayed, then you understand that the word says promotion does not come from the north or the south or the home office. Promotion comes from the Lord, right? You're watching over that word and you're praying and you're watching to watch, see what God does. Father, today, as we place these gifts into your hands, we know, and Lord, that you look after your people and that you are, in fact, a good, good father. And, Lord, that you take care of the needs of your children. Bless your people as they give today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Well, our, our guest today is my pastor. So please give a good report about me to him. And, uh, and uh, I try to make his job a joy, just like you all make my job a joy. And uh, his name is Frank Potter. He's the superintendent of the Potomac Ministry Network. Um, he, uh, that's that's his, his title. His oversight is for 370 churches in our network um, with a constituency, not saying that they're all in the churches, but the region that he's over houses 16 million people. It includes D.C. and Baltimore. Uh, it includes, it's, it's not just a huge land mass. Uh, he had mentioned about getting to the furthest points in West Virginia. It takes about nine hours for him to drive all the way to the other part of uh, that part of West Virginia that uh, he is over. And, uh, but uh, uh, I know him as Pastor Potter. He's my pastor, but he and his wife, Lisa, uh, pastored in Farmville for many, many years, grew a great church there. It continues to be a great church, testament to their leadership. Um, but we sent a lot of people uh, to, the, to the Farmville area. If I mentioned Kelly and Helen Harrison, well, some of y'all know them because they came from this house. And, and uh, Alex, uh, uh, Chris and Alex Liotta, Lou and Arlene Liotta, they were part of, they went to Farmville, they all did a tour of duty there uh, after they came up here at Lighthouse, and, and uh, then we had Alvin and Adina Lynn were part of this house, they were part of that uh, team as well, and so we're just so thankful and privileged and honored to have Frank and Lisa Potter with us today. Will you welcome them to Lighthouse today? Can we do that? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, go ahead and stand. God bless you. Love you. Bless you. We, um, I love traveling with you. Did I say that to you last night? We, um, we traveled, we traveled down here last night and we, we sort of sacrificed lunch and we traveled and we get down here and pastor takes us to this nice restaurant to have dinner last night. They hand out the menus to us and we're looking and half starved and we're getting ready to order and, um, they said, we're fasting. <laughs> and with that. And he said, but don't feel bad about eating. Yeah. <laughs> this is my wife, Lisa. Good morning. How are you this morning? Everybody good? God is good, amen. amen. He is good all the time. All the time, no matter what the circumstance, God is good. 
and I stand here as a testament to that today. Um, I really, really wanted to share with you that we were praying this morning in Pastor Ken's office. And you know how in the new year, we often ask the Lord, what's our word or what's a new word that you have for us? Well, Frank and I have been in the middle of a move, um, moving as transition as of May as the new network superintendent, Frank moving into that new position. And then we decided that we'd sell our house and move into a new house. And all that happened January 11th, like moving into a new house. So uh, I was at a, nobody knew that we were, like we didn't publicize we're moving into a new house. And I was at a prayer meeting in Washington, D.C. area for our region, um, probably that first week of January, right, right after the new year. And we'd gathered together. And like I said, nobody knew I was moving, and I was really in no state of mind to hear from the Lord what my new word was, because <laughs> I was packing and going through stuff that the kids had left, and I'm like, why do I have this stuff, right? And it, but as I'm, as I'm there, a woman came up to me, one of our um, ministers, and she laid her hands on me, and she began to speak over me the blessings and the word of the Lord, and she said... This is a year, God told me to tell you, this is a year of movement and acceleration for you and your husband. And I just began to cry and weep. And I said, wow, Lord, how faithful you are, because that's actually where we feel like we are, like constant movement. We're moving to a new house, moving to a new this, moving, moving, moving. But we were sitting, the relevance to you this morning is we were sitting in Pastor Ken's office praying for the services and I heard the Lord say to me, that word is for this church as well today. I heard the Lord say to me that um, it's a season of new for you, and it doesn't matter what you've been praying for and how long you've been praying for it as a church, but it's a new, it will be new for you. New vision will be movement and acceleration, new strategies that you've been given. You've been praying over those maybe for years and you're not seeing anything. This is the year of movement and acceleration. And I felt that because I heard the Lord say to me that the churches that, this is my first visit to one of our churches this year. Um, Frank had gone to New Genera All Generations Church, but I wasn't able to go because of the move. And so this is my first 2019 visit to one of our churches. And I was uh, sitting in there, I thought, I heard the Lord say to me that all the churches this year that will open their doors to you and Frank, that word is for them as well. Because their hearts are open to what God has put on your life. That it's a season for them as well of movement and acceleration. So I'm going to pray that over you. Put your hands up today. Jesus, we just come to you. Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask God that you would do that which you have given a confirmation in my spirit in today, God. That this would be a year of movement and acceleration for Lighthouse Church, God, for Lighthouse Assembly of God. I pray for Pastor Ken and Holly that the things that have been planted deep and rich in their heart by the Spirit for this people, for this congregation, for this community, God, that it would be accelerated and it would be a year of movement for them as well. We pray that as they think it, as they hear your Spirit say it, that they'll watch it be done 
In Jesus' name, we come to you, Lord. We say that the years of maybe feeling like their feet have been walking in the sand and it's been hard and difficult, that this year will feel like fresh, new vision and strategies have been given from you above. And we just claim it. We pray for the souls that have been prayed for in this church at this altar, that this is the year that they will come through the doors and they will become disciples of you. And we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Standing up here and then uh, listening to Pastor Ken share just his thoughts as he's talking to you and then Lisa sharing that, I, I feel like the, the mouse that crossed the bridge with the elephant looking up saying, we sure shook that one, didn't we? <laughs> you know, what do, I, what do I do now here? Um, you know, I, I have a hard time keeping rhythm clapping. And I, amen, I feel that. And I, am, I looked up here and I was watching this young man play drums. Have you seen him play those drums? And... I don't, I don't know where he is, but he would hold a stick up, and he's worshiping the Lord, and he's still in beat. And I'm like, how can you possibly do that? I actually wanted to go up there and just slap him. Oh, there you are. I thought, I thought you left the room. I'm sorry. Um, that just so, so gifted, and uh, you, are, you are a joy. Keep using your gift for the Lord. And this wonderful worship team, your worship leader needs some help. But the rest of the team is really a great, a great team. Um, Pastor Holly, she said that coming here, you're like family. We've known you guys for a long time. And so when you come in, it is, it feels like, it feels like we've been together so many times. And it is so good, as Lisa said, so good to be here. I, I am, uh, I have a conviction that, that God uh, in in this incredible, um, complex idea of creation, when he spoke his word and every atom of the atmosphere responded and creation was formed, uh, it's, hard, it's hard for us in, our, in these finite minds to comprehend the infinite wisdom of God. I, I, I get a, a little chuckle out of every time they, they make a bigger, badder telescope, they're able to see more and more in space and more and more things are appearing and suddenly I, but I, I think it has something to do with God saying, let there be, and things are still being and things are still happening because God spoke. And, and yet God takes this incredible wisdom and, and simplifies it into a word. We call it the Bible and, and it's, and he gave it to us for us to have understanding of who he is and what he's like and what he does. And, and we can even simplify that even further into one verse for God so loved the world. And, and he has made this plan so simple. And then we come along and with these incredible brains and these incredible ideas and we make his simple plan so hard and we give it back to him and say, God, can you help us with this? God, can you, can you fix this for us? When we've, we've taken what he has made so simple and, and prayer is the hardest work that you will ever do, but it is the only thing that you can do that can change everything. It, it's that simple. If you want change, pray. If you want to see God move, pray. If you want to see God show up, pray. 
And, and God has a way of doing that. He has made it that simple. And uh, we have to respond to it. So much so that if I were to um, say the word Savior, who do you think of? It's pretty simple, isn't it? With everything that Jesus did, we can take everything that Jesus did and confine it into one word. He's Savior. He's Savior. You speak the name of Jesus and every demon in hell trembles. But yet his entire ministry, everything he did can be summed up into one word, Savior. And what if, you know, if I say the word dreamer, you, who would you think of in Scripture? But Joseph. And, and you can define others by, by simply one word. If this, ministry, if this ministry were to cease for whatever reason and the building was no longer here and someone walked on this ground, I believe that what God has for, for this ministry can be summed up in one word. And that one word written in stone for this property. That, that is how simple God wants this thing to be. Created a garden where he just simply came to visit every day. This incredible plan of salvation. And, and so when I, when I think of that in my own life, and, and I have a word over my life, and we pray a word over our kids every day, and, and I just believe that someday when I stand before God, um, to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, it's probably going to be based on how good I was as a steward over the word he gave me. How good are you with the word that he gave you as a steward? And, and think of how, how a service goes on, the songs that are sung, and, and the various people that come in transitional moments, and, and when God puts something in their spirit, and how it almost seems like things are, are well thought out and orchestrated, and everybody is following a script. But yet it's not that way. Pastor has no idea what I was sharing on this morning and, and, and Miss Holly when she stood up here. But yet every time it seems like somebody shares something, you can see how the Holy Spirit sort of weaves a theme or a message within that gathering time because it, that's exactly what he's done. He woke you up this morning and ordered your steps to be here. And we're in this room together by divine appointment. And when we come together by divine appointment, it must mean that if God has orchestrated a meeting, he has something he wants to say. And if we are correct in our assumption that God's desire is to, is to take this complex thing and bring it down to something simple, then perhaps there is just simply one word, uh, maybe not a 10-point sermon. I, I don't get the privilege of doing those because there's nearly 370 churches in our network. And, and when, you, when you're around and you're visiting churches Sunday after Sunday, you, you don't have the privilege of speaking a three or four-point or three or four weak message to agree. You've got to hit the word and hope that people remember that word because two weeks from now, you're never going to remember Lisa and I, but perhaps there is a word. Perhaps there is a word that just shakes you somewhere. Perhaps there is a word that wrecks you. And, and if you hear that word, you'll never be the same again. And I believe this morning that God has given me a word for you, a word, a single word for you, that if you really hear this word in your spirit, you'll never pray the same way again. You'll never come in church the same way again. You'll never wake up the same way again. You'll never experience battles the same way again. You'll never walk through a valley the same way again. If you will really take 
concern and care for this one word, and if you really give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to apply that word to your heart, I believe it really will affect you because that really is the definition of the word. And the word is just simply transform. Transform. It's a real simple word to understand, and it is used in a couple of places in Scripture. And I'll, I'll take you to one. It's in Mark chapter 9. If you'd like to read along with me, starting in verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured or transformed, if you will, before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so afraid. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. This story, and, and, and we, could, I mean, we could keep reading because there's a couple more great thoughts there. But anywhere in this story, you could stop at a, at a line and highlight it for a moment. Can you imagine being on the Mount of Transfiguration. And in and, and this setting of transfiguration, Jesus was the word who became flesh to dwell among us. We're, we're fully God and, and fully human. Somehow, some way, God divests himself of that deity and he and he comes in the form of a baby born in a manger and and we hear the story of how he grew and and his ministry began at the age of 30 and the things that he was doing and now he's talking about going into the city and and he's going to be crucified they were having a hard time with that because they thought Jesus the Messiah was going to come and set them free from Roman tyranny and, and all these other things and Jesus is talking about being crucified and he takes them up to a mountain where he is transfigured before them and, and in this setting, unlike the setting that Moses had on the mountain, when Moses met with God on the mountain, something happened on, on the exterior, if you will, of Moses, where his face became so bright that when he came off the mountain, he had to put a veil on so people could actually look at him. He had been in the presence of the Lord, and something happened to him in the presence of the Lord, and people couldn't look at him. So he had to veil himself. In, in this picture with Jesus, something happened from the inside that came out. That's He was transfigured from the inside out. So, so God, for a moment on the mountain, was manifested before the eyes of these disciples. No, well, they probably had no other way of really writing other than it was so bright. It was like clothes that no one has ever, you could never bleach them to be that white. Something happened where, where Jesus was manifested on the Mount of Transfiguration in a way that these disciples saw him at that moment as he perhaps is going to be someday when we see him. The Mount of Transfiguration. Can you imagine being there? When, when we read about Peter just being afraid, not, not knowing what to do, let's build three altars. I, I love Peter because he's always being rebuked by something. And, and here he gets rebuked by God in heaven. This is my son. Listen to him. 
And as you go on, Lisa, was, we were talking back there after the service this morning, and she was sharing with me out of the Message Bible where the disciples rubbed their eyes a couple of times and, to see what was happening here. And, and, and finally, it's just Jesus that's standing there. And, and the purpose is on the mountain, Jesus was bringing revelation of who he is. Now, I want to take you to one other place in Romans chapter 12. If you'd look at this verse with me, which, is, which applies to you and I. Here's where the word applies to you and I. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but help, help me for a moment, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. How? It, it sounds like God in his ability to do everything that he is able to do leaves this one thing up to you and I. He leaves this one up because it's a choice. I can say I would love to play the drums. But if I really had a passion to play the drums, I'd be playing the drums. Come on, I wish you were here. We would, uh, in, we would get up in the mornings and we'd have to pull Lindsay, our daughter, away from the piano to, so she'd get ready to go to school. She had, I would love to play the piano. We've got, a, we've got a, a, a baby grand piano in our home that, of course, belongs to Lindsay and we're soaring it for her. But anyway, the, um, you ever try to move one of those things? That's just not right. The, um, I would love to play the piano. I would love to be able to go over there and play that piano. But Lindsay, our daughter, had a passion for it. She would get up every morning and, and play the piano from the time we can remember. She just wanted to sit at a piano and play. So by the time she's nine, she's leading worship for children's church. She just can play. There's a passion for it. Your, your passion is seen in your pursuit, what it is that you're pursuing. And, and if you look at the word conform and the word transform, the definition is primarily in what the pursuit is. If you are in pursuit of the world, you are conforming. But if you're in pursuit of him, you are transforming. And if you are conforming to the pattern of the world, you are chasing something that always changes. If you're conforming to the pattern of the world, you're chasing something that you will never catch. There will never be enough money. Come on. There will never be a, a nice enough home. There will, there will never be the cool enough car. You'll always be chasing something. The job will never be good enough. You will never be able to measure up to expectations of others. As, as you are conforming to the world, you are racing after, you're pursuing something, you are passionately running after something that will always change and you will never catch it. But if you're transforming, you are in pursuit of something that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you help me with that? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in your mind, you decide. In your heart, you might be passionately worshiping the Lord, and, and you come into a setting like this, and, and even someone like Bernie can lead you in worship. Where is Bernie? Is he here? 
Oh, you're back there. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, your brother, they don't invite me to come anymore because of your brother. I've picked, uh, I've picked on him way too much. Um, I told the new pastor to keep all the staff except for your brother. But when you're when you're together like when you're together like this, it doesn't take a whole lot of thought, does it? You're in. There's an emotional attraction. There's something in your heart. There's something stirs in your spirit when when people are worshiping collectively together and stuff. But when you leave this room, when you leave this place, something happens to your head. There's a wrestling match that goes on in your mind and in your thoughts. And, and, and I have it all. I have a little dyslexia. I, I confuse, you know, red and green quite a bit. And, and it, it, I mean, it's one thing at Christmas, but it's a whole other thing at a stoplight. <laughs> and, and when you're driving in, in northern Virginia and, and stuff, those people are absolutely insane. And, and you, but there's a, there's a battle that goes on in your mind the moment you leave this room. There's a battle that goes on in your mind. In your heart, you're passionate and you love one another and you love the Lord and you love the worship. But when you leave this place, that's where you're either conforming or you are transforming. When you leave this place, you are either pursuing a pattern of the world that will always change or you're being transformed in pursuit of the one that will always be the same. And, it, and it's all the, the battle that goes on in your mind. I, I'm convinced of this and I'm and, and I, I, so convinced of it. It's the way that I live. I'm sharing with you the way that I live. I, I believe that we are to live in the spirit. We are to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. We are to, to battle against the flesh, walk in the spirit. It's not easy all the time. It's, it's a struggle. I understand that. We can't be perfect, but I do believe that God wants us to be walking in the spirit. It's his desire that we are that way. So when you, when you understand that, I believe that this mount of transfiguration, the revelation of who Jesus is. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 15. Lord, who shall ascend thy holy hill? Who shall dwell on thy holy mountain? When, you, when you're ascending, it seems to imply that you can descend. In other words, there are some people that will get to a place with God, but they can't stay there. You ever, you ever around somebody that just seems to live in the valley all the time? They just always seem to have problems. I, I'm, I'm kind of a positive person, and I, and I like to be around the, the glasses always half full. That doesn't mean that there's problems, but I'm just saying I, I'm not oblivious to things. That, but I do believe that, that, that if God be for you, who can be against you? As a child of God, and, and I, but, but I, have a, I have a hard time around people that always see the cup as half empty. They always seem to, to live. There's always something that's going wrong. And, and, but yet the psalmist said in Psalm 15, who may, Lord, who is it that will dwell on thy holy mountain? Who is it that's going to get to this place with God and they're going to dig some deep wells? Who is it that's going to get to this place with God and they're going to lay a foundation there and be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that's just not going to be removed because this is where I am to be in the presence of the Lord and I'm not leaving the presence of the Lord because I am intended by God to dwell on this mountain. 
And to get to a higher place with God, you might have to go through a valley, but you're intended to dwell on the mountain. It's on the mountain that God brings revelation of who he is. They rubbed their eyes and they opened up and it's just Jesus there. And the more you're on that mountain, the more you're going to have revelation of who Jesus is. You find on the mountain that he is a good, good father. He is a way maker. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He can't change. He's made his promises. He'll see to it. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. It's on the mountain that you learn who he is. It's in the valley where he shows off a bit. Come on, it's, it's on the mountain where he brings revelation of who he is, but it's, but it's in those valleys where he shows you something. We've been in a few of those valleys, and I can tell you that, that God showed up big time in some of our valleys. But I, but I know who God is. Whether, whether he is, shows up in the valley or not, whatever he chooses to do in the valley doesn't determine my relationship with him. It's on the mountain that my relationship with him is determined. Let me, let me show you Psalm 23 for a moment. If you would put that up. You know this passage. You can look at it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mountain. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Mountain. He leads me beside still quiet waters, the mountain. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's all mountain. That's all presence. That's all with him. And then there's this, even though I walk through, I'm not dwelling there, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're still with me valley. Then we're back on the mountain. We're back up on the mountain. Your, your rod and your staff, you, you comfort me. Keep going if you would. Uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is learned on the mountain. And, and what I mean by on the mountain is I, I mean in the prayer room, in the prayer closet, in your one-on-one -on -one time with God. And when he is showing you things in his word, when he's speaking things into your life, and you're on that place, you're in that place with God where, you, where it's a sweet spot with him, that's where he wants you to dwell. Because that's when he reveals himself to you. I... I, um, <coughs> I sometimes forget if I've said something to someone or not. Again, it's the red light, green light thing. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I did just speak this at like eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> but you could go through God's word and you can pull out passages of scripture where you find stories of individuals that did not come to know God in the middle of their trial. They knew God before the trial showed up. The three Hebrew children didn't come into a revelation of who God was in front of the fire. Come on, I wish you were here now. They had, they had a relationship with God and they find themselves in the valley where they're confronted by a king in front of a fiery furnace. And this is their response. He may not, but we know he can. He may not. We don't know what God's going to do, but we know God can. 
And if he chooses to, he's going to deliver us from this fire. But in any event, we have already bowed our knees to him, and we're not going to bow our knee to you. And lo and behold, in the fire, guess who shows up? The one that they knew prior to the fire. You have one of my favorite places is, is the story of a shepherd boy that's tending sheep and playing his harp and leading worship. Just singing, doing his, what God has called him to do. He's doing his job. He's, he's tending sheep. And lo and behold, a bear shows up and God helps him with a slingshot and he, and he kills the bear sometime later. A lion shows up and lo and behold, the same God that helped him with the bear helped him with the lion and he is still worshiping. He's still singing songs. He's still writing songs. Because he is, he is living in a relationship with God. And, and we find later it's written about him that he was a man after. He was a man in pursuit of God's heart. And now he is, he's going down to the valley where his brothers and the army is hiding in the side of the hill. Because in the valley is a giant. And the giant is threatening the entire kingdom, and, and everybody is hiding. But you have this young man that had been in presence. And when you're in presence, come on now, when you're in presence, when you know the presence of the Lord, when you know the power of God, when you know the authority in his name, when you've used the name of Jesus before, and you know he's a healer, and you know he's a way maker, and you know he's a deliverer, when the time comes and you need him to be there, he's not going to fail you. He's not going to let you down. And he stands before the giant, and this is what he says, you come before me with a sword and a shield, but I come before you. He didn't say with a slingshot that God has Jesus, I come before you with the name of the Lord. And when you know that because you have been in relationship, you've dwelt on the mountain, you know what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're now walking through a valley. He hasn't left you. The same presence up there is going to be the same presence down here. No matter how low you have to go, he's going to be right there with you in the same presence up there that you're carrying down here. You're, he's going to show off for you. He's going to show up. He's going to do something that's going to blow your mind. He's going to be bigger than you ever thought. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you can ask or think and then there you are on your next mountain with him and you know him more and you're experiencing him greater and you see him as bigger come on that is the rock and that is the relationship that we have with him I love this if you can put up this last passage of scripture from first Corinthians or second Corinthians do you have that did I give that to you second Corinthians but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. Look, how many of you know that we're nothing more than jars of clay? That's all we are. We are just jars of clay. I, it, that, that is all we have. We have a dear friend, Pastor Ken, I have a dear friend uh, that has pastored for, he pastored for 45 years, the same church, and just retired a couple of years ago and uh, still helping our network as one of our executive directors and, and so forth, was just given a, as healthy as could be. And uh, when it got sick, went to the hospital, and, and whatever is happening with leukemia or something in his blood, they've given him three weeks to live. And, and you, you know, I, I'm, I just, from my walk with the Lord, 
I realize that's not the diagnosis on me and I might have some mind trouble at that particular moment. But from my walk with the Lord for my friend, I'm praying for my friend, believing that until God takes his breath, there's still a healer. There is still a healer. Because look at this, this, tre- this earthen vessel that will fade away. This, what you and I are living in right now is just borrowed. It's going to go back to the dust someday of what it came, where it came from. But we're going to live forever. If you know him, it's with him. Come on. We're going to live forever. And this, this we have, but right now in these earthen vessels that, we, that make up this room, we have this treasure of the all-surpassing power of God. It's within us. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by his spirit, the spirit of the Lord that lives within us. And this is what happens. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Someone lift your hand towards heaven and say, amen. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Come on. We are walking through things. But we are in relationship. We're going from mountaintop to mountaintop with an occasional valley. We are in relationship with one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. One that can't leave us and can't forsake us. We're in relationship with him. Thank you, Jesus. We're in relationship with him. Pastor is mentioning back there a booth for, for testimonies. You know, there's only, there's only one thing in the Bible that can be added to the blood of Jesus. One thing in the Bible. The blood of Jesus, according to Hebrews 9, purifies heaven. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. I've always thought of heaven as being pretty pure. But when we think of there are sins perhaps that God might struggle with, if, God's, if the blood of Jesus can purify heaven, what is your sin? The blood of Jesus purified seven. And the only place that we can find any context for that is the story in the Old Testament where the prayer went up and it took 21 days. The answer to the prayer, when the angel delivered the, the, the answer to the prayer to the, to the man of God that had prayed, it said, what took you so long? Well, the answer was given the moment the request was made. But for 21 days, there was a wrestling match going on in the heavenlies. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ... Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, heaven now has purified so that when you ask in faith believing in the name of Jesus, the point of your asking, the answer is sent. Because he's, he's purified heaven. And now we jump into the book of Revelation and it says we overcome. This powerful blood of Jesus, the word of God says we overcome. This incredibly powerful blood of Jesus that purifies heaven says we overcome. Come on. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and? Come on, somebody. And? How many of you have a testimony? Come on, there's four of you. How many of you have a testimony? No, how many of you really have a testimony? How many of you really have a testimony? How many of you can say, I've been to a mountain. I know his presence. And when I walk through the valley, this is what he did. I've got a testimony. God doesn't leave you in a valley. He doesn't walk away from you in the valley. He doesn't shy away from a fight. He's a great big God. He's never lost a battle. 
Come on, if you got a testimony, maybe, maybe if you have a testimony, you don't mind standing for a moment and lifting a hand towards heaven and just say, thank you, Jesus. I've got a testimony. He's been good to me. He's a wonderful way maker. In the most difficult times of my life, he's revealed himself mighty. Come on, somebody, just speak his name. Jesus, Lord, in this place, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, fill this place with testimony. Lord, fill this place with testimony. Fill this place with testimony. That means, that means in order to have it, God, some of us might have to walk through an occasional valley. But fill this place with testimony. You are a healer. You are a way maker. You are a provider. Come on, church. He, he can do, he can, right now, whatever your need is, he is I am. He is I am. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus right now in our heads, in our minds, in our minds. Lord, let it be resolved in this place that we're not going to pursue something that will always change. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help our minds, help our, our stinking thinking. In Jesus' name, when we leave this room, that, that battle that will start happening in our head, Lord, let us remember this simple word, transform transform. I want to be like Jesus. Transform. I want to be like Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, just anoint our heads. In Jesus' name, I want to be like Jesus. There's nothing, there's nothing this world has for me. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I, whenever I go somewhere and speak, I've always had the conviction even, even pastoring the church all the years there in Farmville, I always prayed, Lord, what is it that you're going to gather people together for? Why, why are you going to fill this room with people? And I'd ask the Lord to give me that reason. You know, we're building our own kingdom. If you're coming because of a preacher, you're building his kingdom. If you're coming to get something from the presence of the Lord, that you can go out there and change your family and change your situation and change your workplace and change your school and wherever it is that you're dwelling, you're coming in and you're, oh, certainly you love your pastors. You love your pastors. I understand that. I fully understand that. But we're building his kingdom, not our kingdom. We're building his kingdom, not our kingdom. So, so my prayer was always, and it has always been, Holy Spirit, what are you gathering people for? And, and so in preparing a message and preparing a word, it was always from the altar out and not from the title in. It wasn't what I wanted to share. I wanted to know why, God, if you're bringing people from the north, south, east, and west, if you woke these people up this morning and, and ordered their footsteps to be, or what is it, Holy Spirit, that you want to say? What I believe the Holy Spirit wanted, as we did this morning, we just took a couple of minutes. And, and in a room like this, where we have those of like precious faith, what if we can't do this in this room here, then don't fool yourself in thinking that you can do it out there. If we don't know how to pray for one another 
when we're praying with believers, how are we really going to be prepared to pray with an unbeliever? How are we really going to be able to believe for that office person or that schoolmate or classmate or, or wherever it is that God leads you throughout the course of the day? But let's do it in here. Can we just take two minutes and allow the Holy Spirit right now to put something in your heart to someone? And I'm not, I'm not saying go to them and prophesy or anything, but I am telling you this. Why don't you go to someone as the Spirit leads you to do it? Just put your hand on their shoulder and speak a word of encouragement. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. Lord, put your favor upon their life. Would you do that in this room? We're just going to take two minutes right now and turn this into a prayer meeting for a moment. Just go to someone, put your hand on their shoulder. Don't wait for someone to come to you. Oftentimes we isolate ourselves that way, but let's just make it work in this room for a moment. We're going to pray one for another. It's amazing what God starts doing in your head. It's amazing what God will start doing with your thinking when you start praying one for another. You watch. You watch what happens. The very things that you were thinking about start changing because you're praying for someone and you're praying for them to be encouraged, for them to be blessed, for them to be strengthened, for them to have and find favor. Lord, let it be so in this room in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, transform our way of thinking that, God, we will become more passionate for you in Jesus' name. Lord, transform our way of thinking that we may understand, Lord, that we live from mountaintop to mountaintop with an occasional valley. In Jesus' name, it's because of your presence. Lord, strengthen our mind. Lord, as we wrestle things in our head, God, give us victory over these things in the name of Jesus. Bring transformation, Lord, through our mind in Jesus' name. just singing this this one last song we are the only ones we are the only ones that can grieve the Holy Spirit the world doesn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit there's no way they can grieve him we grieve the Holy Spirit by singing a couple of songs welcoming his presence in and then not giving him an opportunity to do what it is that he really wants to do so I encourage you, let's just sing this song. We welcome you, Lord. And if you would, allow the Holy Spirit just to take that one simple word and make that part of who you are. Lord, I want to live a transformed life. I don't want to live conforming. I want to live transforming. Lord, help me in my mind to transform, to be like Jesus. Come on, lift a hand towards heaven with me, would you? Lord, I speak that favor. I speak that blessing over this church in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, give this room, give this place mighty testimonies of what you are doing and what you have done. In the name of Jesus, let it happen because, Lord, there's a house full of people that are transforming 
They're not conforming. They're transforming. Lord, they're looking like you more and more and more. They're experiencing you more and more and more. They have a passion to run after you, Lord. As a deer pants for the water brook, my soul longeth after you. Lord, let that passion arise in us in Jesus' name. Whether we are in this room or whatever room we find ourselves in tomorrow morning, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let it arise within us, Lord, that passion for you. Come on, one more time, just speak his name. Jesus, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. and Lisa to come up here. Uh, we're going to pray for them. I, I mentioned to you earlier that uh, they're our pastors. They're my pastor. And, and I also mentioned to you earlier that, uh, you know, that the region that they're over in the Potomac Ministry Network, about 16 million people reside in. I want you to get a hold of that. 16 million people. Can I, can I just tell you that I, I believe, and this, is not, this has nothing to do with politics, this has to do with the way God orchestrates things in his body, that, that I believe that the role, the position that Frank and Lisa are in is probably more significant than the President of the United States. Because a president can govern, govern from office, but it's the spiritual climate that brings about change. And if the spiritual climate needs to change, it needs to change through the church. So the person who's leading the church in the direction that God wants to go, that's a strategic position. That's a huge responsible uh, responsibility. And, and so the souls of those 16 million people, now we're not the only ones, Don, don't, don't get me think. It, you know, I hasten to say that the Assemblies of God is not the only, you know, uh, church in town, right? 
but understand the responsibility. Could we have, I'd like to have Frank and Lisa to come up and uh, we're going we're gonna to pray over them. But if you, have a, if you have a sense that you just want to stand with them and intercede, uh, would you come up and just put a hand on their shoulder? And we're going we're gonna to close out our time this morning. We're just going to have prayer over our pastors. These folks uh, lead these 370 churches. The things that you and I think about, I, I once had this thought. There are people who think about that their whole responsibility is what is happening in my nation. You and I might think about what's happening in my classroom, what's happening in my workplace, what's happening on, my, on the road from here uh, to, uh, you know, to Walmart. That's, that's what I, but, but there are people that their, their entire role of responsibility is souls. And in Frank and Lisa's case, 16 million. And what happens in those churches is the temperature is set by what happens in his office. Do you see the, the magnitude? Do you see that if the Lord anoints them to do what they're called to do, that, that in fact he can use them in a, a strategic and significant way to bring those 16 million people into a saving knowledge of Jesus? We're going to pray over them. I'm going to ask Holly to lead, lead us in prayer over Frank and Lisa today. But I want you to extend your hand this way. And, uh, and we need to recognize today that God is anoint, His anointing is on them. We shared stories last night about uh, what started in their ministry as a little thing. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the little... I'll make you ruler, Frank, and, and, and Lisa did not get to where they are at just because they were the right people at the right time. No, they're, they're, they are anointed of God to do the thing that they're, and Jesus has elevated them. This isn't a man thing. This wasn't, they, you know, uh, this wasn't some kind of a, a, a beauty pageant. They have served and Jesus is blessed. And now is his time. Holly, won't you lead us in prayer this morning? Thank you for our leaders. Frank and Lisa, the Lord has elevated you because of your faithfulness to steward what he's given you. And he's given you a platform and a place of authority. Your voice has authority with the leaders that he has given you to steward in this new season. And the souls that are within their churches and within their communities. And I pray, Lord, that you would give divine wisdom to Frank and Lisa. This is not their own call, their own platform that they've created. This is the one that you have placed their feet on. And you will give them all of the discernment and all of the wisdom. And the, and the understanding and the knowledge to lead this generation of souls, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom and the strategies to help pastors that are struggling, that you would give them wisdom and strategies for dealing with uh, relevant cultural issues that we're seeing in our churches and in our communities. God, we thank you that you give them everything that they need to be able to walk with a pastor and to be able to uh, wrap their arms around them and bring love and compassion and mercy and strength, Lord Jesus, you, Lord. to what their role is and what thank they you, do. We thank you for blessing them personally with divine health, That's right. that they don't just walk in divine right. healing, but that they walk in divine health, Lord Jesus. Lord, that there is no time, there is no season for sickness or for disease to distract them from what you've called them to, Lord, that they walk, Lord Jesus, in your complete healing, that they can stay steadfast and true on the path. Lord, that nothing will deter them to the left or to the right. 
We thank you for your pouring out yes. blessings on them financially, yes. Lord Jesus. Lord, thank for you, time, Lord, in their in this season, Lord, of busyness and so many things to do, that you would give them wisdom of how to orchestrate their time and that you would give back to them additional time, Lord, to accomplish the work. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for their heart to grow in wisdom and that you give them the resources and that you give them the knowledge, Lord Jesus, that they need to do what you've called them to do. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on their children, that their children, though they're grown, Lord, still come under their covering, and that all of their household is saved and walks with you, yes. Lord Jesus. Through every yes. generation, Lord, their children and their children yes. and their children, Lord Jesus, that what's been invested, Lord, the seeds that's been planted in their children, we call forth, Lord, that's the right. fruit, Lord Jesus, Jesus, of their lives, of those seeds that are planted. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for such an outpouring on them, Lord, in this season of leadership, Lord, that they just stand in all of what you do. Yes, Lord. And Lord, that all the glory and all the yes, honor Lord. goes to you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I know the scripture that um, many are called, but few are chosen. And the Lord is asking you to choose because he's given you the authority to peer into those heavenly places in the heavenly realms and he's given you authority to pull from heaven into your life and into the present today there is a thing in the future that you're grasping for and the lord said the future is now and so he's given you that mantle and the authority do not be afraid to pull in from the heavenly places where he's giving you permission to walk into and to pull forth. Push back on those that would say, we're working towards this, we, we need this, and tell them and release them to pull from the heavenly realms. For today is the day of salvation. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I keep uh, getting this focus on the form. How you form things um, is going to release things. Uh, the simplify, decentralizing, um, and uh, a metaphor of a spider plant. Metaphor of a spider plant where it releases um, and grows um, in, in pockets and not so centralized. Praise God. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you, Lord, for bringing Frank and Lisa to us today with a great word. Uh, Lord, that we can grow by. And Lord, we, we take deeply, we receive from them, Lord God, because they they are us, Lord God. They, they lead us. And Lord, we just receive that word today. And Lord, I know that it's going to reverberate through our lives in the days to come. Uh, help us to walk in transformation with you, Lord God. And, and watch our faith increase as we do so. God, we just praise you for that right now. We thank you for their lives and their ministries. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God. If you're a guest with us, please stop by Inside Lighthouse. If you have a testimony you'd like to share, right over there at the video booth. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. We love you and we'll see you soon.